Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. This is a little podcast slash video. Actually, we're back on video this week, not just uh, podcasting this week. We got video, you get to see me. So there's a little podcast slash video that I like to put together once a week where I like to talk about all things investing, talk about what's going on in the market, uh, talk about some interesting uh, observations that I'm seeing and what other people are seeing and sharing it with you, those observations, and sharing with you also like my thought processes that I'm using to help me make uh, my own investment decisions, really for the purpose of for you to just kind of pick and choose uh, some nuggets of information uh, that you could take back and use for your own uh, personal investment decisions that you're facing. My name is Amin Reina, and I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And as an investment coach, a lot of people still don't really know what an investment coach is. They've heard of it, but they really don't get it, what it, what it, what it is. So as an investment coach, what I do is I try to help people who want to become more financially independent. Like, who doesn't want to be more financially independent? Problem is, when people start getting into investing, they get really frustrated, confused, intimidated by the whole concept of investing. They either don't know where to start when it comes to you know how to get, get into investing, or I've worked with people who have been investing for a long time, but they just aren't seeing their portfolios get the kind of traction that they thought they would be getting. So what I do as an investment coach is I teach people and I engage with people on how to make more educated and ultimately more successful investment decisions so that you can achieve a certain level of financial freedom in your lives and achieve it with confidence. So this is episode 98 and today I want to talk about interest rates. Now <clears throat> it seems like the trend right now, um, there's a lot of things, a lot of activity going around with in, by various different central banks out there. Um, <clears throat> the uh, Just even today, uh, the Bank of England announced that they're going to increase interest rates for the first time in like 10 years. Here in Canada, uh, the Bank of Canada has been increasing interest rates a couple of times already this year. And in the US, the Federal Reserve uh, has increased interest rates a few times this year and it's signaling um, that is probably going to do it another time, another quarter point hike um, by the end of the year. So the trend seems to be like interest rates are going up. And so, but when you took at it from a conventional perspective, interest rates are going up. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, the baseline level of thinking is when you're thinking as an investor about interest rates is, okay, if interest rates are going up, then <clears throat> for companies and businesses, the cost of borrowing, the cost of paying off loans um, goes up in terms of interest costs. Um, <clears throat> you think about it from a perspective of a consumer in that, okay, if interest rates go up, then credit card, the amount of interest you pay on your credit card is going to go up, your mortgage rates are going to go up, um, line of credit, all these kinds of things are going to go up, are going to be more expensive. We think about the company's cost of capital, cost of a company able to finance itself is going to go up. And ultimately, that feed, this all this stuff feeds, higher interest rates feed into when you're bringing it into stocks and try to figure out what stocks are worth into lower valuations for stocks. So a lot of times when interest rates go up, it signals, it's kind of a signal from an investment perspective that maybe stock prices are kind of gonna start plateauing or excuse me, working their way down a little bit. And ultimately when that happens, profits go down and if companies are less profitable, then we feed into things called you know recessions and slower economic growth. So 
And <clears throat> it's interesting because we've had this going on for like about, you know, we've lived in this kind of world of where interest rates have been next to nothing. And now we're starting to see interest rates going up. So <clears throat> and the initial, at the initial baseline is, it's not a good thing for interest rates, but I wanna talk really, I think that having interest rates go up higher is actually a good thing. And that's really what I wanna talk about because I don't think this is the type of perspective, this is the side of the, the argument you don't hear a lot about with respect to interest rates. You hear all like, well, interest rates go up, bad things. But <clears throat> the thing is, we've kind of been living in a very strange world in the last 10 years. And, I, and to really give you some reasons why interest rates going up right now is a good thing, I, I think we need to go back before we can go forward. And so, quick little history lesson in terms of where we've come from in terms of uh, low interest rates. You know, up until you know, in 2007, 2008, we had a serious financial crisis, financial crash, stock market crash. Um, major financial institutions were on the verge of just blowing up, and some did. And so <clears throat> the central banks, most notably the Federal Reserve, jumped in and started in introducing um, a very aggressive monetary policy in terms of lowering interest rates, lowering interest, interest rates next to almost like nothing, like 0.25%, which is next to nothing. Interest rates went down to practically nothing. And then on the same time, the central bank also was issued buying, going out into the market and buying more bonds and inst installing more liquidity and uh, more money into the, <clears throat> into, the, into the financial system, which is then conducive to keeping interest rates low. So the plan at the time was to keep interest rates really, really, really low to stimulate growth because they felt like the impacts of the financial meltdown were so severe that the economy was gonna just fall off a cliff. And so they introduced some really aggressive measures to keep, to stimulate, to incentivize people to borrow and to keep investing in their businesses and companies and, and, and like that. So, um, <coughs> excuse me, but got a really crazy throat today. I don't know what's going on. Um, <coughs> so interest rates have been, and the, what's happened is things got better. It worked, it actually worked. Um, economic growth kind of the the world economy kind of stepped back from jumping off a cliff and it kind of right-sized itself to a certain level it didn't right-size itself you know immensely but there was some there was improvement people uh, unemployment which was really crazy high started creeping down economic growth while not really crazy high was was stable and so the intentions of doing uh, that, of keeping, of, of lowering interest rates at the time, 10 years ago, were good. But then usually the way things work is when the economy starts getting better, people start working, you know, growth is kind of there, you bring interest rates kind of back up to a much more, you normalize them, that's a term you hear a lot, is just getting them up to maybe a historical uh, uh, range of, of interest, of interest, uh, of interest rates, but the thing is, it didn't happen. And what happened though was, instead of companies, the intentions of having lower interest rates was to incentivize businesses to invest and you know develop new products, hire new hire people. <clears throat> As they, instead of investing in their businesses, they decided to take that cheap money and buy back stock, do more financial engineering to keep their prices up, to keep to kind of keep their stock prices up. Lower interest rates also created a disincentive for people to want to buy bonds, lower like interest fixed income kind of products because 
why would you want to buy something like a bond that's going to pay you half a percent when you can go buy a, 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 a you know a company like IBM or a GE or whatever that pays three four percent in dividend in a dividend yield. So what we saw was the, the impact of these low interest rates. It was forcing money, a lot of that extra money, thanks to the thanks to the central banks, to shift it into all these kind of higher risky uh, risky assets, higher risk assets, um, stocks, real estate, um, art. Uh, these were assets that out there that started exploding in price and exploding in value, even though there was no. You know, there wasn't, an, and, and there was really no, <clears throat> excuse me, um, underlying risk associated with it. There, people were just putting money into these things, into these assets that are kind of risky. Like stocks are risky, and we saw that what happened in the financial crisis. What could happen? Stocks can go from 100 to zero like that. Businesses can go out of business. Um, but the way money was has been invested in the market, the way the markets have evolved in the last 10 years, you know, literally setting record, 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 record eyes. That whole concept has been kind of have has been kind of discounted, and so that's what's happened. And and I've been you know, and many people have said you know, interest rates need to go up because um, the whole concept here is is risk, and that's kind of um, been kind of ignored and taken out of the table. Um, the cost of doing business is 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 risk. There has to be a risk as a component part of our of our capitalist system. Um, we allocate our assets. We make investment decisions based on the based on <clears throat> the risk profile of, of a company. And what's happening is because interest rates are so low, and it's really hard to find meaningful yield um, from traditional places like bonds, like GICs and bank accounts, like paying practically nothing. People are putting their money into into types of assets that are traditionally much more riskier, and not even considering the risk component. As 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 part of uh, as part of the whole concept, so um, <clears throat> and it's an it's an important point. So the fact of the matter is, um, why I think interest rates now, you know, I've been pounding the table. Interest rates have needed to go up go up for like years, but it just hasn't been happened. But now it seems like um, the central banks have kind of see it all clear sign and are now starting to increase rates, not be like crazy like by crazy increases, but they seem to be. In a slow, gradual mode of of of, uh, of interest rate hikes. And ultimately, I think this is a good thing. In the short term, yeah, there's probably going to be some dislocation, and there's probably going to be some mispricing of assets that are going to create some serious pullbacks, some corrections, and resets in terms of prices and valuations. And that's, but that's that is the nature of capitalism. That's the nature of our economy. We are a cyclical based. You know, we have good periods and we have bad periods, and that's part of the game. That's part of the gig in living, have living in a market-oriented society. Having said that, <clears throat> long term, I think it's a good thing that we have to go through this process because at, at the end of the day, we have to start bringing the concept of, of 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 integrating risk into our decision making. And so, when you have interest rates at a higher level, it forces us now to start uh, considering. Some of the risk components of, of various businesses. What are the threats that could, that a company could face, and are those threats kind of mapped out and built into our analysis and to determine whether we want to buy or sell these type of businesses? So, um, <clears throat> so it's a good thing. I think this is a a, a good thing um, that we're on that kind of path, 
and working our way to to higher interest rates. Now, I don't think we're going to get to a, a world where you know it was like the 1980s where interest rates were like 20%. But I think realistically, like normalize when you're looking at normalization of interest rates, you're looking at three four percent um, type of uh, rates is is a pretty reasonable. You know, historically, it seems like a, a reasonable uh, rate because it forces us to think about the risk components. But then it also uh, is good because it then gives, uh, as investors, uh, more options in terms of uh, where we want to put our money. Because now, all of a sudden, if interest rates kind of reach to a point where they're like four, five, six percent, if if a if a ten-year, uh, you know, a five-year GIC can get you seven, eight percent. Um, that's great. That's another option we have as investors to allocate our money, to allocate our savings, because there's now other return prob uh, probabil uh, possibilities out there at a lower risk profile that we can that we can now bring in. Because right now, where are our options in terms of investing? Our options are basically to get some kind of return. You can't put it in GICs or bonds or short-term bonds because they pay nothing. You can't even put it in your bank account because they don't even pay anything. Now we can start, if interest rates start getting up to a meaningful level, now it's a, it's a great, it starts to give uh, savers um, a reward for saving, because right now, saving money, there's no reward for saving money. So another benefit of, of, of higher interest rates is it rewards savers. And ultimately, we, that's what we need to be doing. If we're gonna be, uh, you know, each of us practicing um, fiscal discipline, uh, financial discipline, and growing our savings so we can meet long-term goals. We want to have options. We need to save. We need to kind of live below our means. But we need to know that we have options for to save that extra money that we're saving. Um, we can put them in different types of uh, assets that have different types of risk profiles instead of where it is right now, putting most of our assets into a class that is very risky and is very subject to a lot of price volatility and ultimately the risk that you could lose some or all your money. So that dynamic that we've been living in is not a healthy dynamic. It's been great, you know, stocks keep going up and up, but at some point the party's gonna stop. The music's gonna stop and you don't wanna be the one left holding the bag. So a couple of takeaways I, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I want to share really is, is interest rates are good, rising interest rates are good in the long term, because it makes us focus uh, when we're evaluating investment opportunities, it brings us back the discipline of understanding the risk profile of various assets, the risk profile of stocks and the companies behind them that we're looking at. And at the same time, it's a good thing to have higher interest rates because it creates another opportunity. It creates more opportunities for us as savers to park our money to for short periods of time or medium to long periods of time and knowing that we're getting some kind of decent return for it. That's at least gonna protect our purchasing power and is gonna at least cover us off in case uh, price increases or inflation out there uh, jumps up. So I'm kind of more, I'm more happy about it that rates are gonna be, our rates are seem to be tracking up. Um, you know, if you flick on the mainstream media and you flick on the news, you're gonna hear a lot more stories about the, the, the downside. Well, the downside they're talking about is really the short-term aspects of it, which I'm not gonna argue, they're there. Um, there will be a market correction. There will be displacement in terms of like, you know, real estate prices, um, which have been super ridiculously high. That's gonna all calm down. There's gonna be impact. And ultimately, because you have buyers and sellers, you're gonna have people impacted. And that's the nature of our 
system. That's our nature of our free market system is that there are winners and there are going to be losers. But again, as investors, if you're aware of all these elements, then your chances are you're going to position yourself and you're going to make uh, more prudent decisions in terms of where you're putting to put your money. So that's all I wanted to share with you today. Um, and want you to just get you to just think beyond the first level thinking of interest rates are bad in the short term. There's actually good things that are going to benefit um, all of us, our the economy um, in the long run and ultimately our other society. So just wanted to share that with you. Love to hear what your thoughts are about this. You can, if you're interested in weighing in on this little, uh, little discussion, this little debate, you can get a hold of me. Um, just contact me, just drop me an email through my website, sageinvestors.ca. Just leave a comment uh, in there. You can also find me in a bunch of other places. You can find me on my Facebook page, which is Sage Investors. Feel free to leave a comment there. I post all my blogs and videos and uh, Facebook Lives, uh, obviously, on there. So you can catch me through there. You can catch me on Twitter. I'm always on there. My handle is at Sage Investors. I'm on there pretty much every day commenting about what I'm seeing in the market, sharing with people uh, interesting perspectives that I get from, uh, that I come across from other people who are, I think, know way more about investing maybe than I do um, and know their stuff and that I also incorporate in terms of how I make my investment decisions. So you can find me on Twitter there quite a bit. Also, if you're interested, if you happen to be on Facebook every Wednesday night between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m., I am on there. I'm do, I do a Facebook Live. I call it Stock Talk Live where I'm just on there for an hour, kind of like an open mic, and I'm just here babbling about investing. So if you have a question, jump on board about a stock, about trying to figure out how to, what a stock, you know, trying to figure out some investing concepts that you're just not too clear about, or you're looking at some stocks and you're trying to figure out, or some ETFs, and you're trying to figure out if they're good or bad, and kind of want to talk it out and want me to talk it out for you, and trying to figure out if they're good or bad, like just go on my Facebook page, and leave a question and I'm more than happy to answer it during that time. So I'm on there between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. every Wednesday uh, every Wednesday night on my on Facebook Live. And my handle again is uh, just do a search for Sage Investors and boom, there you go, I'm right there. If you have any more questions about, uh, as I said, I teach people how to invest. So if you have questions about uh, some courses that I offer both online and in person, you can hit me through my webpage uh, www.sageinvestors.ca. Um, you can click on the courses section and you can click on all the videos. All my podcasts are all on there. And also you can find all the podcasts are posted on iTunes. So you can go there too. There's so many ways you can get a hold of me. It's crazy right now. So um, more than happy to reach out and more than happy to chat with you about, uh, about what I do and just chat about investing. So that's pretty much all I got for you this week. I hope you're having a really good week and thank you very much for, for listening in to another episode of Stock Talk. And my name is Amin Reina of Sage Investors and we'll catch you again. We'll catch you again next week. We'll be here and we'll be on Facebook Live, of course, 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Wednesday night. Hope to see you. Hope to hear from you. All right, cheers. Take care. Bye-bye.